The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Woo! I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and you know I got to talk a little football, but don't worry. We got lots of music business to talk about. We're going to be all about the music business this week. A lot of great news, but first... Ooh, got to talk about my Canes, my Miami Hurricanes beating Florida State yesterday, 28-27. to Oh my goodness, we beat the Knolls. What a game. What a finish. An incredible game. An incredible game. What resilience on the part of my Miami Hurricanes. Oh, at one point in the game, we were down 27-7 to in the third quarter. The offense was stalling. The defense was porous. We couldn't get anything done. It wasn't the team that I know and love. That was certainly was not the Hurricane team that I identify with, and I see them do every week the great things that they do. I don't know where that team was, except I found them. They showed up in the third quarter, and they scored 21 unanswered points to win the game 28-27. to It was all about the turnovers, man. The turnovers saved the day. A bunch of big plays by the defense to put us right back in it, and it was a great win. It's always great to beat Florida State, man. It was the first home win for the Hurricanes against Florida State since 2004. How long ago was that? That was my freshman year of college. I was actually at that game as a college student my freshman year the last time the Hurricanes beat Florida State at home. So, whew, nice to get that done. Nice to get that win in our back pockets. Always good to beat a rival. And I know people are going to say, oh, Florida State's not as good. They're having a down year. We should have beaten them by a lot more, but... Anybody who knows the Miami-Florida State rivalry knows that whenever these two teams get together, you throw out the records because both teams get so psyched. They get so amped for this game that it's basically a 50-50 match every time. It's always an intense rivalry. It doesn't matter what team is up and what team is down. You're going to see the best versions of both teams, and it's always going to be a good game. And whoo, what a game that was. Canes win 28-27. I'm also in a good mood because I saw a great movie this weekend, got around to seeing A Star is Born. Anybody who knows me and knows the way I talk about movies on this podcast knows that I love me some music movies. You can always sucker me in with a music movie, Hollywood. Are you listening, Hollywood? You want to get me to come see your movie? Put some music in it. Make it about music. If it's a any kind of movie where it's like the young ingenue gets discovered and becomes a big star and it's got lots of amazing mu- music in it, I'm there every single time. You're going to get my money, Hollywood. Whether that movie is Hearts Beat Loud that came out earlier this year that was so good. Once, Begin Again, I love these movies. And A Star is Born is probably one of the best ones in that music movie genre. Such a solid movie all around. Lady Gaga? She's a good actress. Girl can act. I'll get credit where credit's due. It's because she's an NYU grad. You know, we NYU grads were always pretty impressive. And, man, she was great. Obviously, she's a great singer. Nobody's going to take that away from her. The music that she wrote for that movie is great. Her performances are great. But just her acting, really good. Really seasoned actress. Really solid performance out of her. And speaking of acting, Bradley Cooper. My man, Bradley Cooper. Oh, 
Ooh, I have never given this guy the credit he's he deserves. I mean, I've always seen him in movies. It's like, oh, he's in The Hangover. He was good in The Hangover. Blah blah blah. You know, he can he can play, you know, the standard low difficulty comic comedian character in a movie, and he does that just fine. But but then I see him in a movie like this. Dude can act. He might get an Oscar nomination for this movie. Dude can act, man. Bradley Cooper. I I didn't know you had it in you, buddy. So good, so good. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it, especially if you're a musician. This movie's going to speak to you as all these music movies do. Such great, such a great movie. A Star is Born, go check it out. All right, here's what I want to discuss this week. Now that we've gotten the great football out of the way, now that we've gotten the great movies out of the way, here's kind of what I want to do this week. The Music Modernization Act has got to be signed into law any day now. It went through the Senate. It got approved again by the House. The only thing it is awaiting for is the stroke of the president's pen, and we have every reason to believe it's going to be signed into law. This is a big win for indie artists. This law is going to get songwriters paid more on streaming services. Right now, streaming services don't pay songwriters well. I mean, they don't pay anybody well, let's be honest, but particularly songwriters are getting screwed on this platform, and the Music Modernization Act is going to change some of the calculations that are used in how songwriters are paid on streaming services, and so now they're going to get paid more. So this is great. It's not a perfect bill. Definitely not a perfect bill. Could be made better. Does do some giveaways to big media companies than more than it should, but it is going to be a beneficial bill for indie artists and indie songwriters, and it's going to help address this very, very big problem. So this is something we've been crusading about on this podcast. We've been talking about wanting to improve this. We've been talking about the Music Modernization Act, and I've been telling you guys to fight for it, and you know what? We're going to call this a win. We won this crusade. We all fought for this. We all learned about the Music Modernization Act. I saw many of you loyal listeners tweeting about the Music Modernization Act being a part of this solution. And y'all won. You got a win. So we made something better, slightly better, for indie artists in the music industry. So kudos to us. So we're going to pat ourselves on the back. And you might be asking yourself, all right, so we, we got that win there. It's always nice to get a win. What's the next crusade, Ryan? What should we be fighting for next as indie artists? As we've talked about on this podcast all the time, when you're an indie artist entrepreneur, you got to remember both sides of that. Yes, you're an artist, but you're also an entrepreneur as well. You are a business person when you're running your own music career. And that means you have to keep your eyes out for policy changes and business changes that are going to make your business better. And if you can do that and you can fight for those positive changes, it's ultimately going to be good for your business. And so in that regard, we need to figure out what our next crusade is going to be. What's the next thing we're going to fight for as indie artists, as supporters of indie artists? And what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to give you two things. We're going to talk about two things that you can start fighting for if you're not fighting for it already. Two things that you can start tweeting about. Two things that you can start writing your members of Congress about. Two changes that we want to bring about in the industry to make things better for your music career, okay? So here's the first one. The first one is we need to create a terrestrial radio royalty for recording artists. So we just had this big Music Modernization Act fight where we basically said, you know what? Songwriters are getting screwed on streaming services. The recording artists people, the people who own the sound recordings... They're doing better on the streaming services, and the songwriters are getting screwed. And we said that wasn't fair, and now we have the Music Modernization Act, which is designed to make this better. In the world of terrestrial radio, that regular radio that you turn on in your car, the traditional kind of AM, FM radio, we have a similar situation. Except it's actually worse 
And it's kind of the opposite. If I can, let me explain myself a little better here. So as bad as it is for songwriters on streaming services, it's it's actually worse for owners of sound recordings on terrestrial radio. Because there is, in fact, no royalty on terrestrial radio for owners of sound recordings. And for indie artists, that means you. If you're making your own music, if you're creating your own sound recordings and you're owning them, which we love because that's break the business right there, and your music is played on terrestrial radio, you're not getting any money for that. And that's wrong. All the people that create stuff should get compensated for their work, and terrestrial radio is not paying recording artists and owners of sound recordings. Because terrestrial radio is getting a special carving, a carve-out. And it's really special for them. Because the streaming services, they have to pay royalties to owners of song recordings. Internet-based radio has to pay royalties to owners of sound recordings. Sirius XM has to pay royalties to owners of sound recordings. But terrestrial radio does not. This has to be fixed. This is a crusade that you guys need to fight. And it is a crusade that has been fought year after year. Year after year, legislation comes up. Somebody in Congress puts up a bill to address this because this is a real problem, and there's really no excuse for terrestrial radio to not pay owners of sound recordings. They just don't, and they've gotten away with it. And every time a law comes up in Congress or a bill comes up in Congress to become a law, the radio stations fight it. They bring out their lobbyists. They fight it. They fight it. They fight it, and then the bill dies, and we still don't get the owners of sound recordings paid on terrestrial radio, and that's wrong. And we need to fight this. We need to change this. We need to make this more fair because as more of this music industry becomes indie artist-driven and not label-driven, the owners of sound recordings is you, is your money, is your royalties that you're missing out on when your music is played on terrestrial radio if we don't fix this. And the radio stations, when this argument is made, they will always say, well, if you try to create a, a royalty for owners of sound recordings on terrestrial radio, you're going to put terrestrial radio out of business. You're going to put the mom and pop stations out of business. You're going to put the college radio stations out of business. You're going to put the small religious radio stations out of business. And you know who's making that argument? The big radio stations. The ones who can absolutely afford to pay a little bit of royalty to the owners of sound recordings. But they're using the smaller mom and pop college type radio stations as kind of their... Their shield by saying, oh, no, you're going to put these poor stations out of business if you create this royalty. Except we can address that. If we're going to create a law, we can exempt the little radio stations. We can exempt the mom and pops. We can exempt the little college radio stations from paying this royalty and just make it the big stations, which make up the grand majority of terrestrial radio that's out there. So we can fix this and the big radio stations, there's no excuse We can exempt the ones that this might put them out of business, even though I'm not even sure if it will, but they really have no argument at this point. So this is something you guys got to fight for because this could be some real money for you out there, you owners of sound recordings, you indie artists. If you want to find out more about this, there's a great article in Billboard.com. It's called Terrestrial Radio Ducks Music Modernization Act, but must still face the music. Again, that's uh, Billboard.com, Terrestrial Radio Ducks Music Modernization Act, but must still face the music. The article came out the last in the last day or two, so it's still a very fresh article. Give it a read. Get yourself informed. Really important issue. Here's the second issue. In terms of what causes can we embrace now as an indie artist community now that the Music Modernization Act looks like it's going to pass? 
And here's the second cause. We need to change the way that indie artists are paid on streaming services generally. Here's the situation. I hear from artists all the time that they are upset with how they're paid on streaming services. And with good reason. Like, y'all aren't getting a lot of money on streaming services. Like, you are very rational and very rightful to be upset by this. And you're probably thinking to yourself, man, it seems like the only people who are making any money off of Spotify and Apple Music are the superstar artists. The 1% of music is making all the money, and the rest of us were getting peanuts. If you feel that way, it's true. You're right. You are absolutely justified in feeling that way. And one of the reasons why we're seeing this happen, one of the reasons why this is the case that Music's 1% seems to be making all the money off of Spotify is because of the way that funding works on these streaming services. So we've discussed this on the show before, but it bears repeating again to sort of walk you through how this works. So the way the artists are paid on Spotify or the way the songwriters are paid on Spotify or Apple Music or anything like that, and granted, I'm going to oversimplify it a bit, but basically the way it works is Spotify, Apple Music, these streaming services, they take all of the money that their consumers pay into the services— and then whether it's Spotify or Apple Music, they take, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, it takes its cut. And then whatever is left in that pool of money that all the customers have paid is then divided amongst all the copyright holders of all the songs like you. And it's divided based on how many times your music was streamed relative to how many times all of the songs on the platform were streamed. So what that means is if your music was streamed 1% of the time by Spotify listeners relative to all the streaming on the service, then you're going to get 1% of the pool of royalties. That's really unfair for indie artists because Spotify is gaming the system. Spotify has built their program in such a way that the top artists are going to get more plays on the service than indie artists because there are playlists. And those playlists favor the top hits. They favor the superstar performers. And it's no coincidence that the major labels own a big chunk of Spotify, so Spotify is going to be incentivized to want to highlight major label artists more than you. So what winds up happening is that your fans, the ones who are coming into Spotify and Apple Music and listening to your music heavily, their money that they're paying is going to go to superstar artists that your fans are not listening to. They're not listening to the superstar artists. They're listening to you but their money is going to the superstar artists because of the way that the Spotify system, the Apple Music system, all of these systems is built. And this is wrong, but we can fix this. We can fix this if the streaming services change their funding model. And there's a great article by Chris Castle in Hypebot that details how to do this. Uh, the article, if you want to check it out, it's titled Arithmetic Online, The Ethical Pool Solution for Streaming Royalty Allocation. And what Castle proposes is a new streaming model that treats every streaming service user as its own mini royalty pool as opposed to taking all the royalties in one big pool and then dividing it. And we've talked a little bit about how this might work, but let's review in, in past episodes, but let's review it again. The way that this is kind of going to work, and this is a purely hypothetical example, but let's say... Ryan Carella did nothing on Spotify all month but stream Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's Shallow from the Star is Born soundtrack in one continuous loop because that song and that movie are amazing. And again, purely hypothetical because who would you know listen to a Star is Born soundtrack uh, on continuous loop all month even though it's 
amazing and life-changing and oh my god lady gaga and bradley cooper sound so great together no 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 hypothetical hypothetical but let's say that happened in that example then in that example the rights holders of that song would get all of my spotify money as a royalty because that's all i listen to so my whole monthly fee goes to them similarly in a different hypothetical, if one of your fans did nothing but listen to your music all month because you put out a great album and that's all they wanted to listen to, then you would get all of that monthly feed royalty money straight to you instead of it being diluted by going into a central pool that's then divided amongst the playlist streams of superstar artists. You can see how this model would get indie artists like you paid more. It would create a more fair funding model. And that's why Chris Castle calls, calls this model, I love this name, the ethical pool. I mean, I, I'm going to start using this now. Yes, I love the ethical pool model. I think it's the only way to make streaming fair for indie artists like you. Your fans' money should go to you if they're listening to your music. And it shouldn't go to somebody that they're not listening to. Seems fair to me. Case's article also talks about allowing users and artists to opt into an ethical pool model for the royalty calculation to allow more consumer and creator choice. That all sounds pretty good to me. And as for whether we do this through legislation, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could make a law requiring streaming companies to do this, or maybe we can just do this by pressuring the streaming services to get them to change their model. Either way, this needs to be a cause for us because if you are an artist who is upset with how little you make on streaming services— this could be a real solution for you. And so we need to push for it. We need to push for ethical pools in streaming service funding. Again, if you want to check out that article, it's in HypeBot. It's called Arithmetic Online, the Ethical Pool Solution to Streaming Royalty Allocation. So the final solution in all of this is we got the Music Modernization Act and it's in the rearview mirror now. And now we have to, as a community of indie artists and indie artist supporters, look for the next cause that we're going to fight for to make the music industry a better place for you and your fellow creators. And while there are plenty of things to choose from, because the industry is far from perfect, there are lots of problems that we need to fix, that we need to come together to fight and make this industry better. There are two causes in particular that we've identified that could help you guys out. And those two causes are creating more royalty streams on terrestrial radio for songwriters, or sorry, for owners of sound recordings, and creating ethical pool royalties with streaming services. All right, that's it for me this week. Thank you guys all so much for listening to the Break the Business Podcast. See you next week.